Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, we are going to touch on a topic that I don't think gets discussed enough, and that is building confidence as a hairstylist. My guests and I are going to be talking about three specific areas that stylists should develop confidence in in order to truly thrive in this industry. And this episode is full of actionable tips in order to help you do so. So we're going to talk about confidence in your decisions confidence in communication and confidence with your money. I am recording this intro after the fact so I can tell you that this is such an inspiring episode and I truly love this conversation because I want to have this be a space where yes, we educate, we inspire, but we also dig a little bit deeper because you are a hairstylist, but you're also a person. And I think a lot of the things that come up in business come up in other areas of our lives as well. So the beauty industry is one that is full of complex and creative and amazing human beings. And I want to nurture all facets of that in this podcast. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is one that you do not want to miss. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. 
On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited about today's topic, and I have a returning guest, my dear friend and money and confidence coach for hairstylists, Misty Jane. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me once again. <laughs> I always love our conversations, and I I know I always leave them feeling inspired, and that is the exact feedback I've gotten from my community as well. So I'm really appreciative that you're here, and today we're going to discuss something that is a little bit different than the topics we've talked about in the past. One of your superpowers as a human being, as a friend, as an educator, is inspiring confidence in others. And that is something that I definitely look up to you for. I think it's definitely something that you just naturally do. And so what I want to talk about today is how creating and cultivating confidence can really help you transform both professionally and personally in your career and in your life. So before we get into that, for anyone who hasn't met you before or maybe hasn't listened to your last episode, tell us a little bit about your journey in the beauty industry as a hairstylist. Ooh, okay. Let's see. Where do I start? I got out of hair school in 2003 and I immediately went into a commission salon. I was not an assistant, anything. I just really got thrown in into this industry. And I stayed a commission stylist for 14 years. I believe it was 14 years. And around that like 13, 14 year mark, I was realizing that I was really good at what I did. I was realizing that I, for the most part, I mean, I still had some boundary issues at that point, but for the most part, I was really busy and I was kind of losing my passion, right? Like I was living paycheck to paycheck. There was things in my life that like I really wanted that I felt like because what I chose as a career, I could not have. So for example, I always talk about my house. Like there was a neighborhood that my husband and I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And there's a neighborhood that we used to always drive around and we would always say things like we messed up, like we fucked up, like we should have, you know, picked different careers, like we could never live in this neighborhood. And around that time, I had just had a kid mm-hmm. and we were living in a small townhouse and I was working in this commission salon and I was just kind of feeling burnt out. I was really ready to like give up in the industry in general. And I remember thinking like, we have to change something and I don't know what it is. I mean, my books were full, like full, like 95% full for the I had clients that were booking out through the year. There was no more, unless I was like working more, there was nowhere else to go. Because of course I was in that place of like, I just need to make more money. You know, right. everything would kind of fall into place if I just could make more money, if I just would have went to college and had a job that gave me more money, or if I just would have did this, you know. And so I decided we needed to make a change. And I don't even remember. I think I just like started researching like how to get out of debt because we kind Mm -hmm. of realized that like, hey, like we're like back paying for like our lives the last 10 years. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, and maybe if we didn't have to do that, like we could actually get where we want to be. 
And I think I watched like a Dave Ramsey video or something. And it just kind of triggered something. It was like the one thing that I needed to hear at the time. And my husband and I just decided on that day, I remember it was, oh my gosh, was it April? It was like April of 2016 or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could be off by a year or two, but we just decided it was time to make a change. And Mm -hmm. we kind of started doing the Dave Ramsey baby steps. And about two months in, we realized that it was like not sustainable for us. Like the, the restrictiveness of it, the don't do this, don't do that, don't live your life until you're out of debt situation, like really like was like, we're never going to this, we're not, we're not meant to do this. It kind of right. kind of put back in that spot, right? You know, we kind of messed up in our lives or whatever. So I've, I said, you know what, what if we take some of these principles and we make them our own and we figure out what's going to work for us and we start spending our money where we value and not wasting our money. And, and what happened was in that time, we started with $48,000 in debt, living mm-hmm. in a small townhouse. And when we started figuring out what was going to work for us and our lives, we, in two years, paid off the $48,000, like wow. paid it off. From the, liter- and the crazy part is, is like the day we cut up our credit cards, exactly, exactly two years to the day, I'm not kidding, the exact wow. same day, we paid off our last, our last debt. And that's when our lives just completely changed. We ended up, I think, five months later, putting the down payment on the house in that neighborhood we never thought we could live in. And it really, like, it was the confidence boost that I needed, that my husband needed. It was it was this whole, like, we started here where we never thought we could get here, get to this point, and we did it. Like, and we did it on our own, and we did it our way, and we did it a way that worked. I ended up going out on my own as an independent after that. I mean, here I am now. I mean, the amount of things that happened after the fact just continue to pile up. Every time I hear your story, Missy, it just is so inspiring. And I think what's really cool, what stood out to me even that time when you were speaking was the fact that it didn't, like you tried it the really stringent way and it didn't work for your lifestyle. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. And I think that comes to that applies in like business in life you know when people start working out when they start trying to get their money together it's like you try the way that people say you should do it that maybe is extreme and doesn't work for you and then you're like oh well there's no point like I might as well give up so how did you overcome that because I imagine there were some points where you know you tried it it felt really restrictive it was too hard for lack of a better word to stick to How did you find that inner strength to be like, you know what, instead of giving up, we're going to try this a different way? You know, I think for us, we realized that that having an actual plan made us feel more in control. So for us, we were like, okay, this is not working. Like, we are not going to be able to sustain this for two years. Like, we are not going to be able to, like, you know, not go out to eat, walk through. I mean, I was walking through the grocery store with an envelope of cash. You know, and like we're in a very un like a lot of places don't even take cash anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so I think we realized like, look, we are feeling a little bit better, Mm -hmm. but this isn't something we can stay consistent with. So I think I pulled in what was working and then Mm -hmm. looked at what was not working. And instead of just throwing the whole thing out the window and saying this is not for us because it's very easy for us to get validated in our negative feelings, right? I could have been right. like, this is going to work. Screw it. 
Let's just like order all our credit cards back and just live like we've been living. But instead, it was like, okay, this part is working. This part is not. Let's focus on the part that's not working and how we can pivot it so it's going to work for us. So I think instead of the all or nothing attitude, because again, we've, we can so easily validate the negative parts, right? We do it mm-hmm. in so many aspects of our life. Well, I'm not made, I'm made to live paycheck to paycheck. That's what, you know, hairstylists, that's just what they're known, they're known for not being like, yeah, you know, stable in, in their lives or blah, blah, blah. Cause that's like the stereotype. And I could have continued to validate that, but I just, I, I, decided in that moment that I didn't want to do that anymore. And I had a bigger why than that. Oh, I love that. And so that's the first thing that we want to that we want to discuss, because in today's episode, we're going to talk about three ways and three areas that you can develop your confidence. And that's that's confidence in your decisions, confidence in your communication, and then finally confidence in your money, because that one really ties back into everything as it's the currency that our world works in, right? So in order to do things, in order to make decisions, in order to essentially design the life that you want, that's going to require capital. And so I think that's a really, I love that, that you approach money in that way and that you approach building confidence because a lot of money education and advice relies on shaming people into quote unquote behaving, right? And so that is something that didn't work for you. I'd imagine as creatives, a lot of my listeners probably right now, I know that like we've tried different things along our journey as well. And anything that relies on, I guess, sheer willpower or, oh, I'm bad. Like I spent money and that's so bad. Like it just doesn't work and it just makes you feel like shit. And so the fact that you're taking the opposite approach and you're actually helping Silas build confidence in their decisions, their communication, their money. I think that's the refreshing approach that we need as creatives. The fact that also we're allowed to enjoy life at the same time, I think is a really big takeaway. So can we talk about building confidence in your decisions? I think sometimes when you've been told consistently that your decisions are bad or you're stupid for getting into debt. And that I've literally seen that messaging from some financial educators. So I think it like undercuts. How are you supposed to become confident when all the messaging is telling you that like essentially the situation you're in is all your fault, right? Yeah. I mean, think about confidence for a second. Like for the longest time, you might have thought might have thought people are just born with confidence. You know, well, look at that person. They're so confident. I'm not like that person. Look how confident they are. Look how confident they show up, you know? But what I don't think that people realize is that confidence is a, it's like a muscle. Like you have to build it. So a lot of times, like, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to do this thing when I find, when I'm confident in it. So you don't do it until you feel confident. And what happens? You're never going to feel confident because what, what is confidence? Confidence is built on accomplishments. So you have to actually start doing the thing. You have to do it with a little, with lacking confidence. You have to just start and the confidence is going to grow. I mean, think about hair. Is who's confident right out of hair school? I don't know if I've ever met anyone. If they are confident right out of hair school, they probably have been doing hair like for a longer, you know what I mean? Like I had friends that were like doing hair at home in high school before they ever went to hair school. Like You know what I mean? Your confidence is built on actually doing the thing. It's kind of like the idea of I'm going to wait until I'm in shape to go to the gym. 
well, how are you going to get in shape? <laughs> yep. You know, True. I mean, there are, you know, you have to put the action behind it to build the confidence. So, so I yeah. think that there's just kind of this misconception that you're just born with the confidence or the confidence just shows up or you can, you know, pile on all this education and not take action and find confidence when in actuality, the confidence comes when you begin to take action, when you start messy. Yeah. And I think that's an important point too, because that's something that maybe we don't think about enough. I've discussed this before on the podcast, but I think sometimes we look at the end result of people who've been putting themselves out there despite the fear for years. And I know like that's something I've shared. I was so far from confident. I remember my first ever mentor. I literally, one of the first questions I asked her is like, how are you so confident? And mm -hmm. she's like, I just do it a lot when it scares me. And I was like, huh, okay. So this is someone I've looked up to and someone that, you know, has all this success in this industry. And I felt like, oh, she, she got successful because she's confident. But no, it's that she got confident because she put herself out there. And that's been my experience. Just, you know, it's almost like it, the more times you can fail, the more times you can put yourself out there, you're going to be accelerating the process. And I think that's the case in absolutely anything. So I love that you said that. Yeah, you have to put the action and define the confidence. You just, like I said, you know, confidence is built on accomplishments and the accomplishments do not have to be this big, audacious goal, right? Like mm -hmm. when I started my money story, it was the small steps. It was just starting to have a spending plan, starting to pay attention. You know, once we just started to do those things, we realized that we were actually taking control of our money and then we could make decisions based off of the plan that we put into place. So I think that, that again, it comes down to actually doing the thing. So instead of just constantly, I'm going to do the thing, when the confidence comes, you have to start doing the thing. And guess what? You're going to mess up. Guess what? It's yeah. not going to go perfect. Guess what? You're going to want to give up. Guess what? It's going to feel hard. <laughs> but you will build confidence when you have the hard day and then you do the next day and then you continue to do Like that's where the confidence builds. The confidence is on the other end of the hard day. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, that's so true. So if you're, so if someone's listening right now and they're like, you know, especially in that like money zone, maybe, because if you're feeling like you're in survival mode financially, it can be difficult to get into thrive mode in other areas of your life. So let's use that as an example. What are, so if someone's listening, for example, and they are thinking like, you know, it's, I, I don't even know where to begin to start taking action because I'm in debt. I'm, you know, spending in a way that I don't even know where my money's going, like all of those things. What is step one? What is that first decision that you can make that's going to build confidence in the area of decision making? You have to look at what's going actually going on. We get stuck in the stress cycle of money stresses me out. So I'm not going to look at my money and I'm going to completely avoid it. And then I'm just going to continue to be stressed out about it. You have to sit down and see what's actually going on. You have to look at your bank statements. You have to see how much debt you have. You have to see how much is coming in. You have to see where your money is going and look at it as a fact. And granted, this is a lot harder than me just saying it. Mm -hmm. This is why I do what I do as a money coach, because, yeah. you know, sometimes people need to talk it through and have that accountability on doing it. But Sitting down and looking at the numbers, looking at what's happening, 
and just realizing this is just a fact. It's just a fact that I spend $1,000 at Target, okay? It's just a fact that I bring in this much money. It's just a fact that I have this much debt. And then figuring out a plan to make the changes necessary. So figuring out what's going on, assessing it, like I would say, assess the situation. Like what situation are you actually in? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times your mind is telling you that you are completely effed, but you Mm -hmm. sit down and you go, oh my God, I make way more money than I thought. I'm just putting it in the wrong places. Oh my gosh, I'm spending this much over here. I don't even realize I was doing that. So I think that we get, we have all these negative thoughts in our head and the negative thoughts are making us feel like we're in a worse position than we actually are. Right. So assessing your situation is one, it's going to help you realize that maybe these thoughts, because nine times out of 10, the thoughts are BS. (laughs) Maybe these thoughts are just the emotions taking over, the shame of past decisions taking over, whatever. But let's look at the facts, right? Right. So hopefully they can smash some of those thoughts. I love that. I love that. So I think that's a perfect segue too, because, you know, when you go into, when we talk about confidence, one of the bigger things, like I think that, you know, you talked about getting radically honest with yourself and a lot of people are not in the, you know, financial situations alone, right? Or in situations Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the split of household duties. Maybe it's the way that work is going. Maybe it's, you know, something with your salon owner or an employee or whatever that is. So I think that's the perfect segue into talking about confidence in your communication because there are so many of us and I've been there. Like, I, I don't know anyone that hasn't been there that has a really hard time saying what they think and and being honest and and being not just like not brutally honest because I don't believe in brutal honesty I think it's I think that there's ways that you can communicate that are honest but also mindful of the other person yes but it can be really tricky to bridge that gap and I'm thinking back to like you know being in a commission salon and salon owner I'm married I you know conversations about money with your husband even if it's not a bad conversation there can be so much weirdness around talking about hard issues or things that we've decided have to be hard. Like we talk about that a little bit because I know this is something that you encounter so much in your work, right? That that communication thing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Communication. And which I, it's so funny. First of all, I have to add this. I was a horrible communicator in the past. Horrible. I was like, I was the brutally honest, but nobody wanted to hear it, friend. You know what I mean? So I have worked very hard on how I can communicate things in my life. And kind of, I just want to preface with that because especially when it comes to like confidence, communication, all of these things, like these are not things you're just kind of born with. And I mean, some people are, but like, you know, you it's things you can learn and it's things that you can get comfortable with. So I think the problem with communication is a lot of times we are uncomfortable with having the conversation because what if they get mad? What if they get defensive? What if it's an argument? What if it's negative? What if, what if, what if, right? But we have to like go into a conversation or go into communicating almost curious in a way. Mm -hmm. And it depends on what we're talking about, right? I think there's this misconception when it comes into boundaries in the salon that like, if you're going to set boundaries, you're going to, you're mean or like- Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, oh, you were late. Well, now you have to pay this late fee and blah, blah, blah. And like, 
that is not what what communicating correctly is, right? It's being able to like say things in a way that like you're speaking what you need and your clients, your family, your friends, you know, understand and can like respect what you need, right? Not being like, hey, Jody, don't call, don't text me after six o'clock. You know, I'm sleeping. Like, right, right. I'm to bed that early, but you know what I mean? I mean, I basically do. <laughs> so I think it can start with just starting to, it can start by just like saying no when you don't, like when you want to say no, but like you like feel like you have to say yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you call me, you say, hey, Misty, you want to go have dinner? And I'm exhausted. I, I like I love you to death, but I'm just I'm just tired. Right. And like yeah. instead of being like, oh, I don't know, like making excuses or, you know, yeah. it can be something as simple like, you know what, Judy, I'm like super tired this week. Like, I think I'm just going to yeah. stay home, today, but I love a rain check. Like starting yes. to just like find ways to communicate in a way that like it doesn't have to be mean. And taking a pause before you do it, right? Like we were so reactive all the time, you know? So mm-hmm. somebody does something or says something and we immediately react. And a lot of times we immediately react. It's it's negative because we're like mad or frustrated or whatever. Right. Take a pause and think about it. Think about why are you mad? Because mm-hmm. half the time you might be mad and it's not even because of them. It might be something that you're going, you know, something's going on with yeah. you. So taking a pause and, you know, really thinking about how you need to communicate in whatever situation. For sure. So when you are thinking about developing confidence in this area, are there certain steps, I guess, that you take? Because you mentioned that you had to work through becoming Mm -hmm. a good communicator. And I've had the same experience, actually, like and actually from both angles, like from some, for some people in my life, I've had to work on, okay, I need to figure out a way to approach this. And like, maybe, you know, before just blurting out advice, like asking if they're looking for advice or they're looking to vent, things like that. And then in other areas, it's been really learning how to stand up for what's important to me instead of kind of rolling over on certain things. Because I think that a lot of us as stylists identify as people pleasers, right? Or in the past have been people pleasers. And so whether that's, like I said, like our clients, the people that we work with, our partners, how how did you start that process? And like, did that start with kind of a realization like, ooh, I'm not actually getting the results that I'm looking for in my communications with people? Yeah, I mean, self-reflection, right? Like, I think self-reflection and thinking about kind of what is the, you know, the kids saying, like, do unto others as you would want done to you. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think about that a lot even now, like in this situation, whatever the situation is, how would I want somebody responding to me, you know, mm-hmm. and then going with whatever I'm going to answer or however I'm going to respond in kind of that way. Right. And I think that that can go a long way. So I think really like reflecting and going like, am I you know, am I being reactive? You know, am I, am I saying what I need in the way that should be said? Like, am I hurting feelings? Like, I think really looking in the mirror and going like, well, how is my communication? Cause I didn't know I was a shitty communicator in the past. You know, I, I had the, well, this is just who I am kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't like it, fine. And, and it really, it took me learning to be a good communicator to find the confidence in that. Now I feel like I'm a very good communicator and now I can be confident in saying that 
But, you know, I mean, it takes self-reflection. It takes yeah. life coaches and therapy and books and, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, putting the work into it. It like takes action. Skill. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is the thing. And I we talk about this a lot on the podcast, like particularly with marketing. And I'm always talking about how like, you know, you weren't good at at cutting hair with no training before you ever started doing it. Why are you expecting yourself to be good at marketing or like, you know, any of these other skills that we now need to have as stylists and as as educators, as people, as entrepreneurs within our industry, right? So communication, I feel like follows that same guideline. Like if you weren't modeled great communication, which a lot of us weren't through no fault of anyone's, but just, mm -hmm. you know, the way that we grew up, maybe the communication model to you wasn't exactly what you need it to be in the stage of your life now. So there's nothing wrong with acknowledging like, you know what, this is something I need to work on. This is something I need to learn. And I imagine like, as you know, you are a money coach. So that's a loaded topic, right? Yes. So, it, you know, if you're someone who needs to have a conversation about finances, like let's give the example of like your partner, right? You share finances with your partner. Like I'm married, I share finances with my husband. A lot of people do, some people don't, but what, like, do you have any kind of tangible tips that we could take away for when it comes to communicating about money? Cause that is, like I said, a loaded topic. Yes. Oh my gosh. This, yes, this is actually one of my favorite topics because it's something that my husband and I had to figure out as well. We have to remember that everyone has a money story. Everyone has mm. a different money story. And when you decide to combine lives with somebody, you're deciding to combine two money stories together. And I have, I have yet to come across somebody who has, has two very similar money mindsets that are married right. to each other. <laughs> Usually it's the complete opposite, right? So when it comes to talking about money, what do you hear the most? You either don't talk about it at all, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's always an argument. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so why is it an argument? Well, a lot of times, maybe something's going on financially. You walk in the kitchen, you say something to your significant other about money. They're caught off guard. They're automatically reactive because it kind of brings back all whatever money stories they have. And then it turns into a fight, right? So the first thing that I always say is kind of put a money date on the calendar, especially if it's your first time talking about it. Let them know, hey, on this day, we are going to sit down and we are going to have a conversation about our financial goals. This kind of puts both people into a place where they are ready to have the conversation rather than like blindsiding your significant other when they get home from work or, you know, right. maybe they're in a bad mood. Maybe they had a bad day. Like the last thing they want to do is talk about like, you know, getting out of debt or whatever it is that your goal yeah, is. Yeah. So I think remembering that, again, you're combining two money stories and going into the conversation, one, switch up your environment. Like, right. like, Put yourself in, go sit by your fire pit, grab your favorite drink, like make it enjoyable, yeah. make it something that is actually something you're going to look forward to and start the conversation small. Hey, what money stories did you see growing up? Try to understand, like ask questions to understand where the other one's coming from. Go into the conversation curious rather than like ready to like, you know, well, I want this and I want this and I want, you know, and I want this to change and you need to not do this yeah. and you can't spend money here or whatever, because you're both going to value things very, very differently. And you have to compromise, like you have to mm -hmm. find that together or there's going to be so much resentment and anger and negativity around money forever. And let's be real. We're going to be dealing with money with our significant others for the rest of our lives.
So learning how to communicate and finding that kind of confidence is literally like, like you, it's, it's like non-negotiable. Like you have to do it. I love that idea of just putting it on the calendar and getting ahead of the situation. So thank you so much for that. And that leads into the the third thing that we want to talk about, which is confidence in your money. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously your area of expertise. I know like you have really transformed your money. And the cool thing that I just want to point out is that I know a lot of the people that have worked with you as well. From an outside perspective afterwards, they all look like they're spending more, right? (laughs) Like it's like all of a sudden it's like people are going on these retreats and trips and like investing in their education and doing all these really cool things. And it's like, okay, so that intrigues me a lot. And I'd love for you to speak a little bit on developing confidence in your money and then what it actually looks like once you've done that. Yes. Well, my biggest thing is I want you to spend your money on things that you value and I want you to stop spending money on things that mean nothing to you. You know, so that's why you're seeing people spend more money on things that they value because they value what? They value their business. They value their mental health. They value community, you know? So that is, I, gosh, I just had this conversation with one of my clients recently where I'm like, you need to go to an event. Like, like you belong in like a room with other people doing bigger things. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, I, oh, that makes me happy that you say that because that's what I want. It's not about not spending. It's about not wasting. Finding confidence in your money, it kind of goes hand in hand with everything that we've talked about. Starting to take action to take control of your money. A lot of times we're just not paying attention, right? We're just not aware of what's happening. And that's why we feel out of control. But when you start to actually take control of your money and you start to actually see what's going on, being aware of where it's going, how much is coming in, all of these things, you feel confident in your decisions, right? right? So like, for example, in the past, I would have had a flat tire or something or had to buy new tires. We, recently, we had to get new tires. Well, years ago, if I would have had, oh my gosh, you have to spend $800 on four new tires, that would have spiraled us. That would have spiraled me. It would have spiraled my husband. We would just say, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, it would have just been like weeks of stress. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like, okay, hey, unexpected $800. What are we going to do? Let's sit down. Let's see what we can do. Where can we take it from? Do we have it in savings? Do we need to cut down over here? Like, and, and it's this sense of relief of like, I feel in control right. rather than like, oh my gosh, how am I just going to come up with this out of thin air? So it gotcha. kind of, again, goes down to doing the steps and the steps don't have to be big. They can be small, tiny habits every single day. Every right. si- little things, little things every single day. So you, but you have to start doing something. You are not going to feel confident in your money if you're just crossing your fingers and like hoping one day you're going to wake up and like feel good about, or, or even like when I make this much, I'm going to feel confident with my money. No, you're not. You're going to feel exactly the same. You're going to feel exactly the way that you feel right now. You're just going to have more money going out. Well, what's that statistic? Is it like 75% of lottery winners are broke again within two years? Not just broke again, but worse off than they were prior to. Wow. And this is something that's been like widely studied and documented, right? So it just goes to show it's not about that. It's not necessarily about the amount, but like if you can't manage what you're making now, then 
the misconception is, oh, I'll be able to manage it when I make more. But if you ignore it till then, then then yeah, you're right. It's not going to make a difference. So, you know, when when people are starting this journey, I guess what's like the common roadblocks that you see people come up against? Because I think if we talk about those, then that's, you know, if you know what to expect, then you know you're not alone. So what are some of the things that your clients and maybe you even came up against that that had the potential to throw you off? And how did you overcome that? I know that you told me once about a parking ticket that you got that was like almost the end for you. Yes. <laughs> well, and this this kind of comes back to like validating the negative thoughts. So my my parking ticket story. So we it was the it was the week that we decided to get our financial shit together. We sat down, we cut up our credit cards, we made a spending plan. I knew that I had this like thing that I had to do over the weekend. And it was like some charity walk I was doing with some friends. I, I know my friends. I knew that they were going to ask to go to brunch afterwards. I'm in going, I'm going to say no to brunch or I'm going to go and like have a coffee. Like I'm going to eat before I go. Like it's not in my right. spending plan. Like, you know, I just had this like idea. This was in our in our super restrictive phase, too. So I was like, OK, so I went in, I did the walk like we're leaving and they're like, let's go grab brunch. I'm like, you know what, guys, I'm going to go ahead and head home. Like I was so proud of myself. I was like walking to the car. So proud of myself. Like I can yeah. do this. You know, we're going to get out of debt. Like <laughs> I walk up to the car yeah. and there's a $20 parking ticket on my car. $20. That's it. It wasn't yeah. a crazy amount. I called my husband like in tears, like, like hysterically crying because I was looking for validation that this isn't going to work. That $20 parking ticket, right. it wasn't in our spending plan. That $20 mm-hmm. parking ticket was proof that the universe is telling me that like, I can't make a plan and stick to it. Like all these bullshit mm-hmm. ideas, right? And I was a mess. And what ended up happening, instead of me completely giving in and being like, this sucks, I'm not doing this, because this was like the first week. I mean, this was right. like, you know, I said, oh my God, I can't believe how emotional money makes me. And that's what people don't expect. People do not expect that when we dive into money and when we dive into finding confidence around money, all of the stories that we tell ourselves, all the emotions we put into it, all of the like all of the stuff that we don't realize is associated to taking control of our money. It's that personal growth aspect that we don't realize is so important. Right. All my clients, that's what they always say. Like, what did you, you know, what did you not expect? And they're like, yeah, like the, the like life coaching aspect of it. Right. Right. So because the, the actual action steps are not hard. We make them hard because we Mm -hmm. think anything worth it has to be hard. They are Mm -hmm. so easy. Like Mm -hmm. I've heard words like it's magic, you know, it's too simple. People say, well, this is too simple. And I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, that it works. (laughs) But it's, yeah, exactly. But it's the, it's the internal part that is hard. I mean, anyone can read a book and take action, right? Like, oh, I just have to do, you know, Dave Ramsey style, this, 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 sure. But you're not doing it. And why? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true of anything, right? What it comes back to then is really that self-accountability. And just, I think that you know, for someone listening to this, it's knowing that this is coming and knowing to expect it. Because if you can, you know, just even by you being transparent and sharing your story, I think that really gives people the validation that they're not alone and that they can also do this. So thank you so much for being here, Missy. Thank you for, as always, being so transparent and honest and vulnerable in your journey. 
where can my listeners go to find out more about you? Oh, yes. So you can find me at the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at underscore Missy Jane underscore. You can find me at MissyJane.com where you can find all of my resources for you. Definitely check that out. What else? What else? You can find me around the U.S. I'm, I'm starting to pop up in salons and do classes. So retreats and whatnot. So follow me on Instagram. Basically, I'll tell you all the things. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you again for being here. I'll pop all that contact info in the show notes. And I'm sure this won't be the last time you're here. <laughs> Definitely not. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.